Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Are you a lifelong fan of General Hospital? Are you a new fan who wants to know more about the history of the show? Do you enjoy talking about the show with others? Do you find yourself yelling at the TV? Is your self-care an hour a day in Port Charles? If so, we invite you to join hosts Amanda Kimmel and Shannon Coach at the place where all the hidden conversations take place and secrets are revealed. Meet us at Pier 54, a General Hospital fan podcast. Hello. Hi. Welcome to the Port Charles 411 it's about Spinelli and Maxie. I'm so excited. Couple nicknamed Spixie. I'm I'm just so happy. I, I'm, I hate what got us here, but I'm glad that we're here. Yes. And that it took the appropriate amount of time. It mm-hmm. wasn't like he broke up and then they got back together. Like he broke up with, uh, oh my God. Ellie. Thank you. I don't know why. I, like, totally spa- I could see her face. I totally spaced on her name. Like he broke up with Ellie and then came back and was like, oh, now we can be together or something like that. They took their time and they formed their friendship and he has the adorable relationship with the kids. And now they're getting all smoochy. Yes. Did you know that he was 29 and she was 20 when they met? He's nine years older than her. I did not know that. I did not know that either. So. Well, that makes sense why she was a little more. Yeah, because Georgie was old. No, she's the oldest. Georgie's younger. Yeah. Wait a second. Oh. Oh, hold it. We're going to have a problem here in a minute. Okay, we'll get there. We'll get there. Okay. So in 2007, Maxie and Spinelli didn't like each other at first, but that all changed after Maxie's sister, Georgie, is killed by the text message killer. Georgie was a close friend of Spinelli's, and he became fixated on getting vengeance for Georgie by finding her killer, who he, who at the time he believed was Maxie's boyfriend, Cooper Barrett. Maxie, crushed by the death of her sister and not wanting to lose anyone else in her life, became set on proving Cooper's innocence, and this caused Spinelli and Maxie to clash. And Georgie had a crazy crush on Spinelli, right? Yeah. It was not reciprocated. No. He okay. was not being That's why I was saying, yes, I'm like, wait like, a we'll second. Just be friends. Yep. Because she would have been like 17 then, aren't they? Like three right. years apart? So, uh-huh. yeah. No, they're even more apart because we just did this where Maxie got BJ's heart 
she was what five or six years old when she got BJ's heart because oh, that's, that's when, when she was conceived. conceived. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. Wow. Okay. So she was fourteen, crushing on a twenty-nine-year-old. That doesn't sound right. Hold it. We're having so many problems here. Hold on. I mean, they probably aged her up. Yeah, she would have been like fifteen. How old was Georgie when she died? All right, guys, we got to do this real quick. Hold on. We're not going so far off. But Were they like seniors in high school, I thought? or Because wasn't she getting ready to graduate? <sighs> We're going to have to do Georgie sometime. Okay. Sorry. It's ridiculous. Okay. All right. So Georgie was, she was 17 at death. Okay. See, I thought she was a senior in high school. Hold it. Okay. So they have her first appearance March 6th, 1995, but then her birth date March 7th, 1995. Oh, and then revised to 1989. And then 1990, okay, weird. <laughs> and it says, born Luke's Blues Club. <laughs> yes, yes, she was. And we talk about that in the story about Luke's, in the 411 about Luke's. So go listen to that. All right, so 17. I mean, yeah, you have a crush on an older guy, but 12 years older, Spinelli never acted. It's still it. not okay, but Spinelli did not reciprocate. And that's what's more important. And Spinelli was very innocent, yeah. So although age-wise he was 29. He didn't he, pick up on the fact that she was yeah, like, I like, love you. Maturity-wise, he was not a 29-year-old. And like he did not have that life experience that you think of for a 29-year-old guy. And he was oblivious to her crush. Hold it. How old is Spinelli now? This is not making sense. Hold on. Hold on. Because <laughs> Bradford is only like a year or two older than me. So he's 45. Five now. He's four years older than me. Oh, he and my son have the same birthday. Okay. Aw. Aw. So which one of them is gonna okay, so wait, I share a birthday with Jason. Oh jeez Spinelli and my son. James, who never has a birthday, is on my anniversary. Okay. We're just gonna keep Alright, so how old's Maxie now? If okay. he's forty five? Mm, so Maxie is now thirty seven. So seven, eight, eight years between them. Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, depending on the time of year. Yeah, that yeah. makes sense. Okay, all cool. Because right. at some point he is nine. Yep. Alrighty. There we go. Thanks for doing math with us, guys. <laughs> We're just both tired. Okay. Uh, Unfortunately, Cooper's innocence would be proven soon enough when he became the next victim on the serial killer's rampage. Devastated by the loss of Georgie and Cooper, Maxie teamed up with Spinelli to find the real killer and end his reign of terror. While working together, Spinelli started to see Maxie in a new light, no longer calling her the bad blonde one, but instead the wounded blonde one. He began fantasizing about her being about being her 1940s investigative hero and began falling for her after she kissed him to avoid suspicion while they were on the stakeout. After a final showdown with the text message killer, TMK, Maxie started relying on Spinelli and honestly caring for him. The pair shared grief over Georgie and worked together in the investigation and working together in the investigation caused them to develop a deep friendship. Maxie and Spinelli teamed up to work once more when Sonny Corinthos's son, Michael was shot in the head after a bullet from Michael for meant for Sonny ricocheted. They discovered that Ian Devlin was the culprit and were saved by Spinelli's friend, Jason Morgan after confrontation with Devlin. Soon after, Spinelli admitted to Jason that he was in love with Maximista. However, she still only saw him as a friend and essential person. Aw, essential person. I like that. Mm-hmm. 
He sought out relationship advice from Diane Miller, Sam Morgan, and Jasper Jacks before deciding to try and woo Maxie. I want to know what kind of advice Jacks <laughs> gave him. Spinelli and Maxie grew closer after he helped her cover up the accidental death of Logan Hayes at Lulu Spencer's hands. Soon after, Johnny Zaccaro's deranged, deranged father, Anthony, kidnapped Maxie. She escaped and made her way to Spinelli, who promised to keep her safe. Out of appreciation, she made love to him, but immediately regretted it, believing she used him for comfort sex. They went back to being just friends, but were still drawn closer when Maxie joined Spinelli on a stakeout. They're so cute. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> Maxie was almost hit by a car, but was saved when Spinelli pushed her out of the way, taking the hit instead. Maxie rushed him to the hospital where Dr. Matt Hunter mm, operated on him to remove his ruptured spleen. After surgery, Spinelli developed an infection. At Maxie's request, Matt's brother, Dr. Patrick Drake, becomes his doctor, after which Spinelli recovers and is given a clean bill of health and goes home to the penthouse to recover. While Spinelli recovers at Jason's penthouse, Maxie cares for him. While Spinelli is recovering, he overhears a conversation between Maxie and Jason, where she admits that Spinelli brings out the best in her and makes her see herself in a better light and also implies that she is in love with him. <laughs> the next morning, Spinelli accompanies Maxie to Johnny Zakara's murder trial. That's a nice hot date. You want to go for yeah, a murder trial? Seriously. With me? Yes. <laughs> where she has That's to That's another testify. thing. <laughs> uh, Maxie is forced to admit that she made a bet with Logan that if he could sleep with Lulu and then dump her, then Maxie would sleep with him. Logan, yeah. Logan held up his end of the deal, so they slept together, and Maxie is made to look like a slut in front of the jury and Spinelli. When she is dismissed from the courtroom, she want, runs away from Spinelli, who attempts to talk to her. After the Russians attack Maxie... As they do. Okay. Spinelli finds her in the exact position and place he found Georgie's body and carries her to General Hospital, where Dr. Matt Hunter tells him she'll be fine. She'll just have a headache. That good old Russian attack <laughs> headache. It's... Okay. It's a real tough one to come <laughs> to overcome. Uh, Spinelli sits at Maxie's bedside and confesses his love for her. Matt comes to the hospital and forbids Spinelli from seeing Maxie. Spinelli vows revenge on whoever hurt his Maximista. Later at Crimson, Mac finds Maxie and Spinelli talking and gives Maxie an ultimatum to either stop seeing Spinelli or move out. Defying her stepfather and choosing Spinelli, she moves into an apartment with Lulu and Johnny. And the reason that Mac was against Spinelli is because of his association with Jason. With Jason. Right. Had nothing to really do with him. Right. Then uh, 2009 to 2010, Spinelli and Maxie continue to get closer until Maxie's boss, Kate Howard, hired Johnny Zakara to accompany Maxie to a highly publicized event that could be showcased in Crimson Magazine. Maxie was attracted to Johnny and the two shared a flirtation, causing Spinelli to become jealous. Spinelli later met a girl named Winifred Leeds, who was a huge fan of the video game he created, The Stone Cold Saga. Spinelli and Winifred became close friends, much to the chagrin and jealousy of Maxie, who believed that Winifred could not be trusted. Winifred started to develop romantic feelings for Spinelli, but he made it clear to her that he was in love with Maxie. It was soon revealed that Winifred was an FBI agent who had sent to gather information on the Corinthos organization and was using Spinelli for that information until she started to fall in love with him. Maxie began to feel threatened by Spinelli's relationship with Winifred and decided to seduce him. And that was on January 8th, 2009. 
when he realized that he that the sex had been merely an attempt to distract him from Winifred's charm, the two argued. Before Maxie had a chance to apologize, he was arrested for violations of the Homeland Security Act. Spinelli was released on bail and was pres- and was present in General Hospital just as it was put on lockdown, the result of a deadly biotoxin that was released <laughs> into the air supply. He and Winifred worked together to restore the wireless connection in the hospital after it was lost. Spinelli became trapped in the utility closet when the fire broke out of the hospital. The toxin was contained, but due to the fire breakout in the hospital, the toxin was contained, but due to the fire breakout, the hospital was evacuated. I feel like it should have been evacuated even if the toxin was contained. Yep. If it was contained, that means it was stuck in one spot in there, but guess where it wasn't? Outside. Spinelli was trapped in the utility closet during the evacuation, but was saved by Sam and Jason when he got out of the hospital. And when he got out of the hospital, he and Maxie reunited with a kiss. The next day, Winifred's bosses began threatening to arrest Spinelli again, so he went on the run and landed in Los Angeles. Oh, geez. In L.A., he was kidnapped by a woman named Cassandra Prescott, who wanted him to help her break into a gallery and steal a $10,000 painting. He sent a coded message to Winifred asking for help, but Maxie was the only one able to decode the message, and together with Jason and Sam, the four of them went to L.A. and rescued Spinelli. I like that she could decode it. She knows her Spinelli well. Mm -hmm. Soon after, Spinelli was released from underneath the FBI's hold for good when Winifred and Sam were able to get into the FBI database and destroy all the evidence against him. Maxie and Spinelli's friendship was back on track. However, Maxie's stepfather, Max Scorpio, disapproved of Spinelli and forbid Maxie to see him again. Despite Max's disapproval, Spinelli and Maxie continued to see one another and their friendship turned into a romantic relationship. In the summer of 2009, Maxie and Spinelli went to a karaoke night at Jack's. Jake's? Jake's. Why can I not read it? Here we go. <laughs> Uh, Maxie performed with Lulu, Diane and Rebecca Shaw and Spinelli serenaded Maxie with a love song. They went home that night and made love. And the next morning, Spinelli asked Maxie to marry him. Maxie did not give him an answer at first, but later admitted to him that she wasn't ready for marriage. Spinelli continued to court Maxie the old fashioned way. And the two, to Maxie's dismay, remained chaste. I don't like that they say that to her dismay. Like that kind of reinforces the... The slut thing. Like, it's okay. Yeah. Um, I can see that, yeah. Spinelli planned to ask Maxie to marry him again and planned an elaborate date for them, but she again declined his proposal. He decided to try again and asked for her hand in marriage one more time at a family dinner with Lulu, Mac, Patrick, and Robin Scorpio Drake. Mac became enraged at Spinelli's proposal and started hurling insults at him until Maxie decided to accept his proposal to defy her stepfather. I hate that they keep saying stepfather. I understand that Frisco's her dad, but so's Mac. Yep. As the wedding day approached, Maxie tried her hardest to convince everyone that she really wanted to marry Spinelli, but later admitted to Lulu that she made a mistake in agreeing, and Lulu tried to convince Maxie to call off the wedding. Maxie refused because she didn't want to break Spinelli's heart. Just before the rehearsal, Spinelli overheard Maxie telling Jason she feared she'd leave Spinelli at the altar, and she begged Jason to make sure she went through with the wedding. When it came time to recite vows during the wedding ceremony, Spinelli himself called off the wedding to release Maxie from the obligation that she felt to marry him. Mm. Both expressed their mutual gratitude and love and vowed to be the best non-husband and non-wife 
they could be to each other. Mac was very relieved and friends and family celebrated the non-wedding at Jake's. Maxie and Spinelli's relationship became strained after she slept with Franco. That, that That'll do it, yeah. <laughs> Strain a relationship. A new artist in town that Kate arranged for Maxie to welcome before his art show. Maxie struggled with telling Spinelli the truth. However, he overheard her talking about how the incident, talking about the incident and was deeply hurt by her betrayal. The relationship became strained and Maxie was convinced that Spinelli would have to cheat on her to get the relationship back on track. But he refused. It's not how that works. Mm -mm. Nope. Spinelli wanted to repair his relationship with Maxie and came up with a plan. He set up a fake investigation in which he could emerge as Maxie's hero and recreate the moment when they first started to fall in love. His plan did not work and they were trapped in a storm drain until Johnny rescued them. Maxie developed pneumonia, which become, became more dangerous because she was a heart transplant recipient. While Maxie was in critical condition, she had a vision of Georgie trying to lead her to the other side. But Maxie oh, fought her way back and recovered while Spinelli sat vigil at her bedside. Maxie did not blame Spinelli for what had happened, but Spinelli felt guilty for endangering Maxie's life. And he agreed with Mac that she deserved someone better than him. That's not true. Spinelli's wonderful. Do you ever really hear of people being stuck in storm drains? <laughs> no. Hold on. I'm, I'm Googling this. <laughs> Let's go to a storm like, drain and I will rescue you. Can a person fit in a storm drain? It's going to take you back to that baby Jessica story from like 80. That was a well. That was a well. Oh, that was a well. Get your <clears throat> sorry water sorry, sorry. things straight. Ugh. Storm. Yeah, I don't. Okay, I'm going to keep reading. Storm drains keep swallowing people during <laughs> floods. Aw. An alarming number of people, especially children, have drowned after disappearing into storm drains during floods. But how many times has it happened on General Hospital? I, I feel like there's a real problem in New York. <laughs> they need to call their uh, water authority. Laura needs to be looking roads. into that. Yes. Uh, Spinelli and Maxie began drifting apart after Spinelli sank into a depression following their arrest of his best friend, Jason. Spinelli began devoting his time to helping Carly Jacks punish those who she felt were responsible for sending her son, Michael, to prison. And Maxie started spending more time with Dr. Matt Hunter. The relationship could not withstand the strain and they broke up soon after Maxie began dating Matt. For the rest of the year, they continued to care for one another, but lived separate lives as Maxie dated Matt and Spinelli continued working for Jason and doing PI work whenever he could. However, Maxie did become jealous of Spinelli's fascination with Brenda Barrett after she returned to town in late 2010 and warned Brenda not to take advantage of Spinelli's kindness. So she came back in 2010 and 2013. Yeah. So she should definitely come back in 24. Well, the thing's off. We're almost done with the 60th anniversary. 2011 and 12. In early 2011, Maxie was involved in a serious relationship with Matt while Spinelli was working, worked as a PI investigating the Balkan. The summer of 2001, Maxie was held hostage. Why are we not keeping track of this? Uh, in the hospital with Patrick, Robin and Steve Weber by Lisa Niles, an unhinged doctor who was obsessed with Patrick and be had been torturing Patrick and Robin for months. Why did I not? We didn't talk about that with Devious Mates. Lisa Niles yeah. was... Um, uh, oh, my God. The nice one. Well, no, she wasn't. No. She wasn't nice. She was. She was, the she was the nicer. She wasn't Evelyn. Oh, my God. Jean-Viev was Susan Lucci. Right. Perry was the real jerk. 
Oh my god, what was her name? Because then she wound up becoming friends with Marisol. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. She wasn't a total jerk. What was her name? I don't remember. I'm sorry. I have to. Of course you do. You know. Taylor. There you go. Yep. Okay. Yes, that was Lisa Niles. Okay. Anyway. Mm-mm-mm. Uh, an unhinged doctor who was obsessed with Patrick and had been torturing Patrick and Robin for months. When Spinelli heard that Maxie was in danger, you think? She was held hostage. He climbed through the vent and ended in the conference room and crashed through the ceiling in an attempt to rescue Maxie. Lisa shot at Maxie, but hit Spinelli instead when he jumped in front of the bullet. Maxie stayed with Spinelli until the hostage situation was resolved and Spinelli was rushed into emergency surgery. Matt performed the surgery and Maxie stayed at Spinelli's side in recovery. When Spinelli awakened, he had a totally new personality. He believed he was an old-fashioned PI. Okay, how many times has he done this? Right? (laughs) Um, As if he were in the 20s and referred to Maxie as Dame and Diane as Cookie. Well, that was so funny. Spinelli referred to himself as Jackal PI, recognized everyone and has had his memories intact, but he no longer possessed his supercomputer skills. As Jackal PI, Spinelli enraged Sonny Corinthos when he took 20 million dollars from him and warned him he was cracking down on organized crime in the city. Maxie intervened and protected him from Sonny's wrath. Jackal P.I. went... Wait, is this still a dream? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Okay. Uh, Jackal P.I. went after Anthony Zakara next and confronted him with a gun, but was saved by Jason. Maxie informed Jason of Jackal P.I.'s plans for Anthony and Jason hired Jackal P.I. to watch a bakery for evidence it was a front for drug smuggling. Maxie felt responsible for Spinelli's actions. Oh, I wonder what bakery that was. <laughs> I wonder if it was Eckert's. Uh, so Maxie felt responsible for Spinelli's actions as Jackal P.I. for the next couple months. She tried to bring the real Spinelli back. She continued to try. She continually tried to jog Spinelli's memory and even took him to Georgie's grave. The persona of Jackal P.I. started to lose hold over Spinelli after his visit to Georgie's grave. Maxie became busy trying to look after Spinelli and planning a wedding for Jason and Sam. The Jackal P.I. persona finally disappeared after Maxie took Spinelli to visit Jason in the hospital. After Jason was involved in a car accident, Maxie told Spinelli that Jason wanted him to be the best man at his wedding. The real Spinelli eventually broke through and his Jackal P.I. personality disappeared as Spinelli begged Jason to survive his surgery. His real true love, Jason, is who <laughs> right, broke, broke, the spell. broke the spell. Not Maxie, not Georgie. It was Jason. <laughs> Spinelli started to settle into life again after the split personality debacle and revealed to Maxie that he hadn't recovered his computer skills, but he'd found a way to access information using a network called Friends of Spinelli, or FOS. He eventually does regain his tech-savvy knowledge back after relying on FOS. When Jason and Sam return home from their honeymoon, Spinelli moved out of their penthouse in order to give the newlyweds some privacy. Mm -hmm. Spinelli ends ends up moving in with Maxie because she needs a roommate. He also began making plans to win back Maxie's heart despite her relationship with Matt. Maxie stayed in a relationship with Matt but became jealous of the time Matt was spending with Elizabeth Weber. Mm -hmm. He asked Spinelli to help her make Matt jealous by spending time with her and he agreed and the two began to reconnect. So Liz and uh, Maxie like to go after the yep. same mm-hmm. guy. Well, to be fair, Maxie went after Liz's husband. True. That's true. Yeah. Was that before all of this? Which would have meant she yeah. was like under age. Uh-huh. Yep. 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 <laughs> yep. Okay. <laughs> 
Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. So in February... Because she was a candy striper and that's when she was with Cooper. Yeah. Yep. 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 Maybe she was 18. Sure. Yep. She was 18. We'll yep. make her 18. <laughs> All right. So in February, Maxie's best friend and cousin Robin dies in a fire caused by her carelessness while Robin was working. Mac was planning on telling her, but then asks Spinelli, who at the time moved out soon after, was living with her to tell her about Robin. Maxie, shocked, says he's lying because he's mad that she asked him to leave. When Spinelli shows Maxie the news online, she learns it's true and starts to scream and cry. In the end, she hugs Spinelli. When Maxie learns that her carelessness played a role in the setting off the lab explosion, she is devastated and blames herself. Maxie confesses to killing Letha Niles and first mate Briggs because she wants to punish herself for the role in Robin's death. She is sentenced to 20 years in prison without parole for their murders, and she takes the sentence as punishment for Robin's death. She eventually confesses to Spinelli that Matt actually killed Lisa Niles, he doesn't remember, and that she is protecting Patrick and Emma from losing any more family. Against Maxie's wishes, Spinelli comes forward with the truth in order to get her out of prison. Maxie is hurt by this and vows never to forgive him. Maxie is released from prison, but only if she testifies against Matt. Matt and Maxie get married so she doesn't have to testify against him. Matt decides to turn himself in and is sentenced to five years in prison. Why I did you like 20 and Matt? He only got five. But also, I feel like at this point, if you get married, like right when you might be questioned for stuff, you should be allowed to. Yeah, you should, you should have, still to, have to. Yep. Based it's, on. It should be anything that happened from the wedding date forward. Correct. Yeah. And, and maybe not anything that like maybe 15 years down the road your spouse tells you about something they did when they were 18 19 years old right like that's not something that you actively had knowledge while you were getting married right but if you got married to someone just to help them out in a crime right no i agree yes Maxie, Sorry. That's all right. Maxie refuses to get a divorce. That's why I'm still with JD. No. <laughs> I love you. <laughs> if you're listening. <laughs> he couldn't do anything. Oh, that's funny. He would have been caught if he ever did a crime. <clears throat> oh, I was thinking you were married to him still so that he couldn't uh, tell everyone what you did. Oh, 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 that one. <laughs> anyway. Maxie refuses to get a divorce, and in spite of multiple pleas from family and friends, such as Spinelli, she decides to devote herself to waiting patiently for her husband's release. Matt and Maxie get a divorce, and Maxie finally forgives him and wants to be friends, but he's tired of her using him, so he cuts her out of his life. 
Maxie finally tells Spinelli that she wants to be with him, but he chooses to be with Ellie. Mm-hmm. After this heartbreak, Maxie offers to be the surrogate for her best friend, Lulu, and husband, Dante. Maxie is implanted. I'm not sure that's how I would have written that. Uh, Maxie went through IVF and then starts cramping on Christmas Eve. Is implanted with an embryo. Bam. Right. Something like implanted with, with what? Yeah. Dante was no, but Dante was also not physically involved in that part. Right. Right. Yeah. Uh, IVF. And then starts cramping on Christmas Eve and Spinelli takes her to the hospital and they find out that she's pregnant. Ellie breaks up with Spinelli because she knows that Maxie will always come first. And right, Ellie, we're probably going to get into this. Yes, but also remember a lot of this is in the baby train 411 that we did. Yes, yes, yes. So there's a lot more to this beyond what we're talking about now. Aw, with the jackal puppy. That's what Olivia. Yeah. Aw. So then 2013 and 14, on New Year's Eve, Maxie trips over a dog. And this was when Olivia had a vision of a dog mm-hmm. when she was still tripping. Yep. Maxie, she goes to General Hospital's roof where she finds a drunken Spinelli who believes Ellie stood him up. He and Maxie go back to the apartment and have sex, which you would not do right after you miscarry. Nope. But Okay. Maybe if she had been the drunk one. Right. Mm-mm. Maxie goes back to GH to ask doc- if Dr. Westbourne would be willing to implant her with another fertilized egg without Lulu and Dante knowing. Dr. Westbourne later reveals that she cannot implant another egg due to Maxie being already pregnant with Spinelli's baby. <gasps> Maxie thinks that Olivia's vision about a dog since her mis- Thinks that the, Olivia's vision about a dog since her miscarriage is because she's carrying the jackal's baby. I thought it, that was what caused because that's what caused the miscarriage because she tripped over she the tripped dog. Tripped over the dog, yeah. Why did I not put together that Olivia had that because she was carrying the? Maybe it's both. Maybe because she's carrying the jackal's baby. Maxie decides not to tell Dante, Lulu, or Spinelli about the baby. Ellie finds out about the miscarriage and wants to tell Spinelli but doesn't. That's HIPAA, Ellie. Yep. She starts bonding with her baby and has some doubt that she will still want to hand over her biological daughter. Gender revealed 62713. So um, six months later, Maxie's water breaks at her parents' wedding. See, exactly, parents, not Frisco and Felicia. Right. When they get to the hospital, Maxie asks Spinelli, asks for Spinelli, saying he should be there, which sounds weird to Lulu, so she blames it on the pain. Later, the baby starts having heart decelerations, and Maxie thinks she gave her daughter a bad heart, but Lulu reassures her that it has nothing to do with her because the baby is not biologically hers. It turns out that the umbilical cord is wrapped around her neck. Spinelli comes in, and Lulu tells him that Maxie was asking for him. Maxie tries to tell Spinelli the truth about the baby, but can't because they have to deliver the baby right away. On August 21st, Maxie and Spinelli's beautiful little girl is born via emergency C-section while Spinelli watches from the gallery. Maxie gets to cut the cord, but after taking the baby, but after the baby is taken away, she starts to hemorrhage. She also gets another visit from Georgie, who tells her to fight, and this is her sister Georgie. Mm-hmm. She tells her that if she dies, then the secret will die with her, and maybe that's for the best. On August 23rd, Ellie tells Spinelli that he and Maxie are the biological parents of Dante and Lulu's daughter. Angered with Ellie, he yells at her, saying that he loved her and she has no right to keep Maxie's secret. 
When Maxie finally wakes up after the C-section, she asks her mom and stepdad where her daughter is and not, and they tell her that she is with her parents, Dante and Lulu, and that she was just the surrogate. Maxie insists that she is the biological mother and finally admits that the baby is her daughter with Spinelli, but her parents think she is losing it, so they have the doctor sedate her. Maxie wakes up and goes to visit her baby. Ooh. Yeah. The nurse suggests she breastfeeds the baby, but Spinelli walks in and stops her before she does anything. He takes her back to her room and confronts her about hiding their baby from him. Maxie and Spinelli decide not to tell Dante and Lulu that the baby is theirs. Maxie explains her actions by saying that she had to choose Lulu or Spinelli, so she chose Lulu because it seemed like the best choice. Also, she was choosing not to break up Ellie and Spinelli. Right. So it wasn't just she was choosing... Yeah. Right. She apologizes for what she did, but she can't take it back even though she regrets it. Spinelli asks Maxie if she misses their daughter, and she says she misses her every day, but that she's working through it. He says that he knows she did the best she could... He also tells her that he hates what she did, but he doesn't hate her. Mm. Dante and Lulu ask Maxie and Spinelli to be the godparents of their own daughter. After the christening, Brad Cooper tells Dante and Lulu the truth about the baby. Oh, man, I forgot about Brad. Uh, Maxie tries to lie, but has no choice but to tell them that what Brad said is true. The Falconaries are crushed and want to know what happened, so Maxie tells them. There's a lot of yelling and crying. Lulu also slaps Maxie and then leaves with Dante. Maxie and Spinelli talk about how they don't know if Dante and Lulu will want to raise a child that isn't biologically theirs, but aren't sure about what to do. Later on, Spixie decides they want their daughter, but at the same time... Now we're giving them the next... Right. Whatever. <laughs> but at the same time... Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <clears throat> Just keep saying Maxie and Spinelli. Like, that's... Anyway. No. At the same time, Dante and Lulu decide that they want to keep the baby. The four of them meet to discuss where the baby is going, and the Falconaries tell Maxie and Spinelli that they want that they want them to give up their parental rights so that they can adopt her. But Spinelli and Maxie tell them they won't sign away their rights because they want their daughter. Hmm. No, what? <laughs> Monte. Because No. no. Monte won't give Spixie the baby. No, no. Lulu and Dante won't give Spinelli and Maxie the baby. So they end up leaving in complete shock. They end up calling Diane Miller for her help while Dante and Lulu call Alexis Davis for help. Diane files for a court order for Maxie and Spinelli to get custody, but it's not granted because Lulu is determined to prove that Maxie is an unfit mother. On November 19th, Spinelli gets parental rights and full custody of baby Connie, while Maxie is deemed unfit and is denied visitation and can't go anywhere near her daughter for a period of six months, which is so ridiculous. Like, I remember whining about this because it was so ridiculous. Um, But if after six months there has been no problems, the possibility of visitation will be revisited. In early December, Spinelli's girlfriend Ellie receives a job offer from a hospital in Portland, Oregon. They were both adamantly against taking the job because neither wanted to take Connie that far away from Maxie. But Maxie encouraged Ellie to take the job and told Spinelli that she wanted him and the baby to move to Portland with Ellie. Maxie explained that she wanted them to make the move because it would be easier to stick to the judge's ruling if her daughter was 3,000 miles away and not right across town. Ellie and Spinelli eventually decide to make the move to Portland and take Connie with them. Spinelli takes the baby to say goodbye to Maxie, and together they rename their daughter Georgie. After a tearful goodbye with with Maxie, 
Spinelli and Georgie leave for Portland. On December 24th, Maxie and Spinelli are reunited for Christmas. On December 26th, Spinelli tells Maxie that her flight was canceled. And later on, Spinelli listens to Maxie talk about all of the problems that she and Nathan have had. And then uh, 15 through 18, because Spinelli kept dipping it out. On February 13th, Spinelli arrives on Maxie's doorstep with Georgie. Spinelli and Maxie talk about her recent fight with Nathan over Johnny Zakara. Spinelli says how well he knows Maxie and if she thinks Nathan is going to break up with her. Maxie says that she and Nathan don't have a perfect relationship like Ellie and Spinelli. Spinelli tells her that Ellie broke up with him because of her. Spinelli reveals that he still has feelings for Maxie. The next day, Spinelli tells Nathan that he still loves Maxie and intends to get her back. And when Maxie finds out that Spinelli told him, she is furious. Later on, Maxie decides who she wants to be with. Spinelli stays over at Maxie's until she kicks him out for being a jerk. Maxie goes over to Dante and Lulu's but finds Spinelli there instead. They talk and he tries to convince her that they are supposed to be together and he even kisses her. Spinelli does everything in his power to get Maxie back. He even challenges Nathan to a fight for Maxie. This doesn't go over well with Maxie, but Spinelli does get what he wanted, Nathan bowing out. He and Maxie eventually decide to get back together right before Nathan shows up wanting to fight for Maxie, and Ellie shows up wanting Spinelli back. Weeks later, Spinelli and Maxie go to the nurse's ball together. Oops, I just... Weeks later, Spinelli and Maxie get back together and seem relatively happy. They also plan to go to the nurse's ball together, as do Nathan and Ellie. By the end of the nurse's ball, Spinelli and Ellie get back together, as do Nathan and Maxie. Soon after, Spinelli, Ellie, and Georgie return to Port Portland, Oregon. In late 2015, Spinelli returns. Yeah. In late 2015, Spinelli returns weeks later at Sam's request to help her and Jake Doe find out who he really is. He also catches up with Maxie. After multiple mishaps, Spinelli puts together a facial reconstruction program that proves that Jake Doe was really Jason Morgan. After finding out Ellie sprained her ankle, Spinelli returns to Portland to be with her. On Christmas Eve 2015, Spinelli and Ellie return to Port Charles so Maxie can spend Christmas with her daughter. He also catches up with Jason. In June 2016, Spinelli returned and was reunited with Maxie and they helped Jason and Sam, who were on the run. In September, he returns to marry Jason and Sam, and he also talks to Maxie about Claudette. In January 2017, Spinelli, portrayed by Blake Barris, mm -mm, so mad that day, returned for Nathan and Maxie's wedding and ended up marrying them. On August 17th, Spinelli, back to being portrayed by Bradford, as should be, and Maxie are seen at a park in Portland with Georgie, who is off screen, talking about Ask Man Landers. On September 27th, Spinelli shows up at Nathan and Maxie's apartment to let her know that he hasn't found out who Ask Manlanders is. Later on, he shows up at the Manlanders launch party and accuses Nathan of cheating on Maxie with Amy. Not wanting anyone to think he was cheating, Nathan reveals to everyone that he is Manlanders. That was sweet. It was. And then January 2018, Spinelli helps Sonny and Jason with their Faison problem and also find out that Faison has a son. Spinelli, Sonny, and Jason head to blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. Spinelli, Sonny, and Jason head to Charlie's Pub to confront Liesel and find Nathan and Maxie there. Spinelli is also present when Nathan figures out that he's Faison's son. Spinelli also talks to Sonny and Jason about we being worried that Georgie is going to have a sibling that is related to Faison. And then there was nothing Spinelli and Maxie specifically romantically related until this year when. 
we saw, I guess at the end of 2023, really, when Spinelli kind of came back a little bit. And then Felicia asked Spinelli to move in with Maxie to help her with the bills, um, saying that he had work being done on his apartment because the pipes burst. Yeah, because he was there for Christmas. Yeah. So it was. It was like the very end of 2013, 2023. And... Just a few days ago on February 22nd or 23rd, they did karaoke at Charlie's and Spinelli serenaded her and then they smooched and we're hoping that this is it for them. Yeah. I would like it for just, they just need to be it. Yeah. Like this is their it phase. Right. And then they can get together and Sasha can figure out what her feelings are. Yes. And we'll have two happy couples. Yes. And they can have fun dates. Yeah. And then Lulu will wake up and Dante and Lulu will get back together. There you go. Yay. <laughs> so something different on. Oh, I don't think we mentioned. We're using fandom. Yep. Um, they actually have a section called classic quotes. And so it's basically quotes that Maxie and Spinelli say to each other. And the first one is Maxie saying to Spinelli, Damien Spinelli, you are and always will be my essential person. I love that. That's so cute. Me too. And then Spinelli to Maxie, Maximista is unaware of the effect she's had on me. My heart is full of you. My feelings long since past the point of friendship. Then Spinelli to Maxie again, Maxie Jones, you are the love of my life. My first, my last, my only. So cute. (laughs) Maxie to to Spinelli, is it so hard to believe that someone could love you? And then he says to her, but then, but then there, then there was you, luminous, transformative Maxie, and you saw me, you got me, and to my utter shock, amazement, and profound gratitude, you loved me, and that is the most precious gift. I will never, ever betray it. And I don't think he has. He has not. And then Spinelli, the first time he called her Maximista, Maximista, I implore you, modesty. And she says, what did you call me? And he says, oh, uh, Maximista, as in the summit, the zenith, the pinnacle of beauty and sexual allure. Then Maxi about Spinelli. It's like she, Georgie, sent Spinelli to fill me up, take my hand and lead me away from the dark place that was eating me alive. He is the absolute best thing that has ever happened to me. And how arrogant and ungrateful would I be to refuse that? Oh, mm-hmm. who was she saying that to, though? Like, we need the contacts for some of these. I don't know. Who cares? That right. was a good one. <laughs> and then Maxie to Spinelli. Even when I'm not with you, I think about you all the time. Don't you know that I'd rather be with you mm-hmm. <laughs> so cute, than with anyone else in the world? You're stuck with me, Spinelli, forever and ever. Then Spinelli says to Maxie, you felt you felt so far out of reach for the longest time, like a hopeless quest, the Holy Grail, as it, as it were. But, you know, through our journeys from the depths of that sewer to where we are now. Oh, that's it. I, I need to get back out there because we did not meet in a sewer. Or, uh, no, to be fair, they didn't meet in a sewer either. Right. You helped me find the voice. You've given me the confidence in myself and my future. And I would be honored to devote my the rest of my life to you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then Maxie says, you think I'm a work of art? And Spinelli says, real art. Not like the one-dimensional perfection seen in the pages of Crimson. I mean, no disrespect to Maximista's chosen career path, but you are so much more dynamic and complex than the the smooth, boring woman in the pages of Crimson. You have a special heart and soul. And then Spinelli said, you did not. You did not take your pleasure so vociferously with me as you did with that wall. And Maxie said, 
silly, that's because I faked it. And Spinelli said, faked it with me or the wall? <laughs> and then Spinelli says, believe me, there was no one in the world more unique than beautiful Maximista. And she says, you're so sweet. You think I can do no wrong. And he says, my faith goes deeper than that. And then Spinelli says to Maxi, Maximista, you shall always be in my heart. And she says to him, I would rather spend one hour with you than a lifetime with anyone else. Then he says to her, I have never seen you more brave or more beautiful than you were today. And she says to him, and of course, I want you to be safe. But more than anything, I want you to be with me because I love you, Spinelli. I'll love you forever. And Spinelli says to Maxie, we share something you and I were both profoundly and most unfairly misunderstood. And he says to her, you'll always have a piece of my heart, Maxie, and my friendship. And then Spinelli says to Maxie, goodbye, my Maximista. And then it has listed Merry Christmas, but I don't see why that exchange is like a classic quote because we say Merry Christmas to everyone. Right. We say Merry Christmas to strangers. Right. That's not like so (laughs) profound. So I I just had the most romantic exchange with this guy at the post office. (laughs) I told him Merry Christmas. I mean, maybe that's how Hallmark movies came about was they they heard Maxie and Spinelli (laughs) saying to each other. Well, Jen Lilly's in a lot of the uh, Hallmark movies. Yeah. Maybe that's when she was Maxie. Maybe. And she was like, oh, I could do something with this Merry Christmas thing. <laughs> Let's build an entire cult following around it. There you go. So, yeah. So, that is why if you are newer to the show and you're like, why is everyone obsessed with Maxie and Spinelli? Oh, this, they were so cute. And this really does not do it justice at mm-hmm. all. I wish we had had the time to go back and watch, but... They just sprung it. I mean, we knew it was coming. We knew it was coming, but we weren't ready for it this week. And even rewatching it, we were just sit there and go, ah, because that's all we're going to do. This was a really I think this was a really good write up of it was it hit on the main points, but kept moving us through because if we just watched YouTube and talked about it, it would be like six hours long. Yeah. with Mostly just us. And you know how we can do that. So yeah. (laughs) So this was good. Yes. So I guess join us on Monday as we recap this week's shows and maybe Maxie and Spinelli have gotten a little bit closer together. (laughs) Have a good weekend. And we'll meet at the pier. Bye. Bye. If you enjoyed today's show, we invite you to go to pier54podcast.com to subscribe on your favorite platform. Don't forget to leave us a review. And you can also follow us on many social media channels. Just search for Pier 54 Podcast. Also, we are not perfect. So if there is something that we missed or messed up, just let us know by emailing us at peer54podcast at gmail.com. 